Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you're on the Green Diva's radio show. And I'm all by myself in the studio today. It's kind of weird. Uh, shout out to Green Dude Paul, Paul Miller, who had some minor surgery and is recovering beautifully, but uh, we're missing him in the studio this week. And uh, we have a very, very big show today. A lot of activity, a lot of really interesting and fun information and people. So you're not going to want to miss this. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, buygreen.com. Thank you, Doug, um, one of our most trusted uh, online sources for shopping green. Uh, you can trust their rating system, and we sure do. Um, I love buygreen.com. And Smarty Marty's Rent-A-Rec, which is uh, in northern New Jersey, Dover Rent-A-Rec. You can go to the Green Divas page on the upper right side. You'll see a, a banner there, and uh, click on that to find a location near you. And if you're not in New Jersey, there are Rent-A-Rec locations all over the country, and you can search from that page. Um and wow, 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 there's a lot going on. My Earth 360, Lynn and I had a really good time talking earlier today about um, stuff that's going on that, you know, we need to pay attention to. And then we had Seth Lightman in the studio. He was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to having Seth in the studio again. He is known as the Green Living Guy, but for our purposes, when he's here, he's a green dude. So Green Dude Seth Lightman is doing a segment on e-waste and what we can do about our e-waste. Uh, then, of course, we're Green Divas in the Garden with Green Diva Alley. Um, who's in Chicago, and she has our sort of follow-up to the first spring, early, early spring uh, segment, and this one on more stuff we can do in spring. It's a pretty active segment of list of things to do. We have a really fun, delicious Green Divas foodie file with Green Diva Giselle from EcoRico TV. She is so much fun, and she's talking to us about fair trade chocolate, what is not to love. What green diva or dude doesn't love chocolate? Then our feature today is um, really uh, uh, around this episode coming up of Years of Living Dangerously. If you have not started watching this series, go to our website now if you don't have showtime and watch the first episode in its entirety with um, Harrison Ford. And it's, it's such a beautiful, really, really powerful um, series. Anyway, that this episode coming up is called The Preacher's Daughter. So we got to talk to The Preacher's Daughter, Anna Jane Joyner, and a woman named Mary Ann Hitt, and they're doing a lot of work down in Asheville, North Carolina area, and they got to do some fun stuff with Ian Summerhalder. Uh, and for those of you um, who, I don't know, uh, girls are there 14, certainly know Ian Summerhalder. Uh, anyway, The Preacher's Daughter is a powerful, powerful episode coming up. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, and they're working on shutting down a coal plant. And, you know, you got to watch the episode to find out. But I hope you will listen to this episode and hear these inspiring women and um, be inspired. Okay, stay tuned. Lots of good stuff coming up. Want to understand what climate change is really all about? Want to get the latest environmental news? Listen to the Green Divas My Earth 360 report and hear it all. From WTF to encouraging news and ways that you can take action for the Earth. This segment is sponsored by TrueGoods.com. 
because shopping should be fun, not frightening. True Goods helps you make simple choices for healthier, safer, cleaner living. Tell truth, shop good at TrueGoods.com. Well, hello, Green Diva Lynn. Hello, Green Diva Meg. How are you? I'm okay, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. I'm kind of cranky this week. <laughs> is it that spring is not exactly there yet? No, it's not that. You know, people ask me. My mom was asking me the other day because I was wanting her to listen to the show, and I and she's like, "Oh, it's kind of depressing." The show? Well. No, she just doesn't like to know all the information. She worries about, not necessarily herself, I mean, she's 70-whatever, but she worries about us and her yeah. grandchildren and what yeah. the world is going to be. And, and uh, you know, she's like, well, just, doesn't this stuff ever get to you? But that's and, our, that's you know, our whole thing. Sometimes I guess it does. Yeah, it does, right, exactly. It can be kind of frustrating, all this political hoopla yeah. that gets in the way of solutions. Well, I mean, I guess that's part of why we do what we do and why it's a good thing we have this call today, to pull ourselves out of the muck because it is easy to get stuck in the muck and mire. And part of what we're trying to do is, like, share information but also share solutions and hope and the positive and keep a sense of humor as best we can because it can get daunting and scary. I mean, I've been watching that Years of Living Dangerously, which, by the way, is stunningly shot. I mean, it is shot like a major, major motion picture. It's Mm -hmm. just – and the the people in it, the way it's constructed is so well done. But, like, the first one is terrifying. You know, you're like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're all on a collision course with doom. Yeah, <laughs> but luckily today's show we're going to be talking to. Um, you'll hear interviews with two of the women that um, that are in the episode coming up May fourth, I think. Am mm-hmm. I correct? Um, and they and that is the show that is all about showing that there is hope and that people, right. individuals, can really make a difference in all of this very overwhelming stuff and these women are so amazing Anna Jane Joyner mm-hmm. and Marianne Hitt from um, from this episode and they get to hang out like for I don't know how many days they shot this episode but they got to hang out with Ian Summerhalder Oh yeah I would love to do that oh, Come on My crankiness would go away pretty quickly instantly <laughs> But they they both said uh, that he not only is adorable and obviously charming, but mm-hmm. that he is really beautiful from the inside out because he's very passionate about cool. helping the planet and helping people. And, um, you know, what's not, how can you not love that? Right. Yeah, I've, I've seen the first episode and we, uh, I couldn't get my uh, family to watch it this weekend, but we'll watch it. Yeah. No, I I'm think a it's important about the second one with the orangutans, but um, no, it's okay. It's not horrifying, but I, I I'm will, not good with Disney films even. So. I will tell you that I busted a tear. Mm-hmm. You know when <laughs> Harrison Ford is cuddling one of the orangutans, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god! You know, like crying right. all by myself in front of the TV, and then uh, there was, but but later in the episode, he um, and I won't give any spoilers, but um, he really gives it to the forest whatever guy of Indonesia and I was like, yeah, I want to stand up and yell at the TV, go Harrison. (laughs) So there is hope. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the 
people that are out there um, doing these kind of things. Well, you know, so tell us what, you know, WTF is going on. <laughs> yeah, sorry to bring it back down. Yeah, no, it's all right. Um, kind of related to that and what we're trying to do here. Uh, one of my concerns is what's going on lately in the news about the uh, Internet regulations, what, they're, what they call net neutrality. Um, it's still, you know, it's still in jeopardy. There's still there's speculation that um, it's in jeopardy. Net neutrality is the whole idea that providers of legal Internet content, like what we're providing or right. what a news platform might be providing, right. um, could face discrimination in providing their content to consumers. In other words, it could be censored or... Um, no, what the um, Internet providers are pushing for, a lot of them, is to have uh, kind of a faster lane that Internet providers or that content providers would have to pay for. Oh. So these faster lanes would allow for content from those that can pay yeah. to get to the end user faster. You're right, get um, in front of them more faster. Yeah, yeah. or more frequently. It may be harder to find certain information well so you know green divas like us we don't run on a big budget we're essentially non-profit even though we don't have a formal non-profit right. status so we'd be like left in the dust exactly yeah that yeah, ain't right be like sierra club versus monsanto who's going to win that game yeah exactly yeah. so um you know and this is the case where yes we can make our voice heard um there's ways to take action, and I encourage everybody to get get out there, get on the phone. I'll, I promise to post a link this week. Okay. Um, but, you know, there's that whole revolving door thing going on with FCC, and um, right. it's just, you know, we have to make our voice heard. And in January, they did get, a mil- I think it was a million signatures um, for something that was going through the Federal Appeals Court about this very issue. Um, but it's still not it's still not resolved. Well, and it really does impact, I think, the grassroots environmental and, and the climate change movement because so right. many of us are communicating and sharing information freely and openly and wonderfully mm-hmm. right now. And, uh, you know, if this changed, it would change the game for all of us. Right. Exactly. So we have to go in a few short, you know, 15 seconds. So tell us uh, anything good going on. Uh, yeah, there's uh, a landmark victory for this Texas family that was rewarded, awarded $3 million because of uh, health problems that were caused by fracking near their home. It's yeah. not good news that they have the health problems. Right. But it is great news that they were awarded this money. Whether or not that's going to make up for their health problems, it's another story. But, yeah, but it it's is fantastic precedent. that yeah. they, you know, this award actually occurred and it wasn't like money that now has to silence these people which does happen yeah um so, so that's, that's great really pretty good news all right so there's a step in the right direction there well i hope you feel less cranky green diva lynn keep up the good work <laughs> because you are making a difference and everybody else out there send lynn and i hugs and smiles we need them yes indeed all right stay tuned all right take care bye bye-bye Get all the details from this Green Diva's My Earth 360 report and lots more 
on thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com, and myearth360.com. And remember to tell truth and shop good at truegoods.com. Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. Okay, so we've got Seth in the studio. Yeah. What's up, what's up, what's up? Green living guy, green living guy. Green dude Seth for now, green but he dude. is the green living guy. The dude. So, you know, we're talking about e-waste today for um, this green dude segment because, yes. you know, like 20 to 50, and it's probably more since this statistic was, was out, metric tons of waste e-waste mm. goes mm. into landfills every year which by the way is the equivalent of 100 equivalent yep. of 100,000 fully loaded 747s and then we That's complain like that we don't have any natural resources i know <laughs> we're throwing them in the ground so this is all going into landfills <clears throat> and and only 15% of all of our e-waste gets recycled so we got to get better at that and yeah. luckily there are some ways to get better at that and you're going to talk to us about that yeah one of them i have is a a new sponsor called echo atm um they are have a bunch of atms per se or kiosks at malls across the country they got 900 now and uh you can go there bring your phone and either you'll be able to just recycle it based on the free full market value or at that given time or you'll get cash Really? So if you have an old iPhone, you're going from the 4 to the 5, the 5 to the 6, inevitably an iPad even. We could do devices. You can take it there and they will give you, instead of, you know, going to your wireless carrier or whatever, and they'll say, oh, we'll give you a credit or something. Or you can dump it in this pile right here. Yeah. You know, they'll give you cash if it's worth something, people. That's cool. So there's there's a incentive. So yeah, I mean they just came out with a study saying fifty seven percent of people in this country have devices of some sort. Right. But only twenty two percent get recycled. Right. Um and and I think that's because people don't know where to recycle. They don't know what to do and you can't just throw it away. I mean it's not like you know, it's not like it has that little star around it you can throw in the in the recycling bin, you know, the one through six or one through yeah, seven. Yeah, right. It's not simple. Not no. paper. You know, it's not a bin. You know, you got to do it somewhere. Well, there's a lot of different components that have to be sort of pulled apart and appropriately uh, recycled. Do you know how much, how many rare earth minerals yes, yes. are in all this stuff? And right. we're just throwing it in the ground. So to all those people that want gold but don't want to, you know, create like build mines. Right. Just go to a landfill and find, you know, maybe a thousand or two thousand oh, or three thousand cell phones, you know, and or devices, and just start digging them up and breaking them up. There, there are companies doing that, like yeah. that guy John Sherrigan. But uh, you know, Echo ATM is is is. I'm grateful they are building and they are expanding. Well, and then there's there's folks like I mean you can there is a program here at least in New Jersey with Verizon that you can give your phone in yes. and they give it to a battered battered women shelter. I used to recycle it there all the time right. until now. <laughs> until now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, but, but I appreciate that. But you know, um, for those of us uh, free market environmentalists that want something in return, so th- this one is you know yeah. giving you money. Now, of, of course, it's always good to donate. And if you're at the store and you got your cell phone and you don't want to, you know, go to a mall to 
get rid of it. Right. Give it for the women, but uh, better women. Well, I think it's the other the other important thing to think about is that um, to make sure that wherever you are recycling or donating your e-waste, that it is legitimate and going to because there there was a couple of kind of shady outfits. I won't mention any names that were. You know, shipping it off to China, and there's like little kids crawling around these things, and uh, I mean, it was really, really disturbing. So, you know, I mean, you, you look, need to know that where your stuff is going is a legitimate um, recycling. And I'm going to throw this out there for those corporations out there that are listening to us right now. <laughs> if you want to make some money, yeah. If you want to be profitable, if you want to reuse the rare earth minerals that are inside of your products and widgets that you're doing, why don't you just ask for them back? Yeah, right. And some companies are now. Well, yeah, I mean, like Nike's doing it with, you know, in some stores with those recycling bins, which is cute, but you don't see it everywhere. Um, and that's another whole upper, uh, other set of waste that's out there, sneakers, clothes that you wouldn't donate, all that kind of stuff. Right, but right. think about all the gold, platinum, silver, titanium, or whatever that is inside of, a, of an iPhone Right. Or an or old an crackberry, yeah. blackberry, or yep. whatever. You know, I mean, these are things that people are unearthing, and now you can take it, break it up, and buy those parts. And recycle those components to re- yeah. Yeah. reuse. I mean, come yeah. On, capitalist people that. <laughs> I don't get it. Just don't, stop digging stuff up. Think a little smarter. So, I know, outside the box. That's good. That's good. Good segment, Seth. We, we're, stay tuned. There's more coming up. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Greetings, everyone. This is David Avocado Wolf, nutritionist, author, and chocolatier. And you're listening to The Green Divas. Listen close, tune in and have the best day ever. Wishing you had a green thumb or want to learn more about sustainable gardening outdoors and in? Expert green divas and dude gardeners share tips for everything from composting to growing herbs in your kitchen. Listen to the Green Divas Green Thumb for low-stress gardening tips. Hello, Green Diva Alley. Hi, Meg. How happy are you? May. Yes, happy May. Just yes, it will be May by the when this comes out. That's right. We're recording it a little bit before May, but that's okay. Well, I have May on the brain. Um, we are actually going to have asparagus for the first time tonight. Oh, that's exciting! From your garden? Yes. Oh, that is exciting. I have. I don't have any asparagus in this house because uh, I haven't. You know. I, Maybe people don't know it takes a while to cultivate asparagus. That's right. But this is a good time of year. In the next few weeks, you can plant asparagus crowns. If you buy two-year-old asparagus crowns, you can harvest a few spears next year. And And then then for the next 50 years, you'll be able to harvest asparagus. Well, let's see. Now, last time we talked, you know, spring was being a little bit slow and sluggish, so we were trying to restrain ourselves from getting too overly involved, but uh, now there's some more stuff we can do. Tell us about some of the things you'd recommend we, we jump into now. 
Well, May is the most exciting month because things are blooming. We're going to plant, and we're going to prune, and we're going to weed. Okay. So what we're going to plant right now in our Chicago area, our frost-free date is May 15th, which is the average day of the last frost. Right. And that means we can plant cool-season things, cool-season uh, vegetables like carrots, lettuce, peas, spinach, radishes, yeah. mm-hmm. spinach, all those things. And then we're getting ready to plant the warm season things at the end of May, which are your uh, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, squash, corn, etc. So there's just a tremendous amount of activity either to be doing right now or to be planning to do. Right. We're also planting our bare root strawberries, our asparagus, and our rhubarb. So ah. we'll have some perennial things. Bebop or rhubarb, rhubarb pie? We'll have, <laughs> we'll have some in a few weeks, a couple weeks yeah. we should have some. So um, I'm also planting some annual herbs add to my perennial herb. Right, right. It's just a little area by my back door. I mix it in with other plants. So I'm planting some basil seeds and some chamomile and some borage. And uh, I also plant nasturtiums every year. Yeah, I do too. And I always put those, I love them and I put them directly in the ground. So you do from seed basil and and right up like May 15th. I do them in seeds in little pots so I can plant them outside. And I have a lot of dogs and a lot of birds. Yeah, So yeah. they like to harvest my seedlings, so I like to give things a little bit of a jump. Okay. But I, I'm also planting a lot of annuals this year uh, from seed, but mostly things that I can plant right outdoors. Right. So I, I went and looked for all my selections, and I have my seeds ready to go. Isn't that um, exciting? So, yeah, I. it is a thrilling time of year. We're also dividing our perennials at this time of year. We're planting ornamental grasses. This is a good time to plant trees and also shrubs. So there's a lot going on. And then pruning, you had mentioned. Pruning, I think what you want to keep in mind is those evergreens that got bronzed, you still, it's too early to do anything about them. Okay. Uh, you want to wait a couple more weeks maybe the middle of May, to see if they if they come back on uh, the flexible part of their stems. Okay. But you are going to be having your lilacs and other spring flowering shrubs uh, happening in May. And what I want you to do is make a note to yourself to prune off the dead lilac uh, flowers after they bloom. Okay, so you don't want to you don't want to wait too long after spring flowering things bloom. Okay, so deadhead them after they've bloomed. Right, that way you're not cutting off next year's flower blooms. Right. Okay. The other thing you want to do is weed. While you can still see the weeds, get in there and pull the weeds. This is a good time to do it before everything grows so huge you can't see the weeds anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. Well. Actually, this is great, and you're going to be doing a post for us, so with some step-by-step instructions, this is perfect. I will have much more detail about what to plant and what things to do. I'm so excited to get out there and play. I'm ready. 
Yay. Oh, thanks so much, Green Diva Alley. Have a great day. Okay, thanks, Vic. Bye-bye. Bye. Inspired to grow more organic stuff? We are. To learn more about this Green Diva's Green Thumb episode and all kinds of other great green information, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Shopping should be fun, not frightening. That's why True Goods offers a consciously curated selection of non-toxic goods. Find a variety of healthy and natural products for house and home, the kids, and even those furry family members. Also check out the True Goods blog, The Goods, for engaging articles and useful resources. True Goods makes choosing a healthier, safer, cleaner lifestyle easy. Tell truth, shop good at TrueGoods.com. The Green Divas love food. Organic, local, fresh, whole, delicious food. Here now is another Green Diva foodie file. Very excited today for our our foodie file segment with Giselle Achikar. I think I got it right before, not this time. Anyway, she is the creator and founder of Ecorico TV, and we're very excited to have her today to talk about some yummy things. Ball of fire. Welcome, Giselle. Oh, nice to nice to see both of you, Miss Green Diva Megan and, and Il Divo Paul. <laughs> he's the green dude, green dude of the day. Um, he's you re- said my name beautifully, Giselle Atricar, yes. Thank you. Um, now, just before we start talking about delicious fair trade chocolate, which is a favorite um, subject for me, let's talk a little bit about Ecorico TV. So, yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me on, Green Divas. I'm very excited. You know, we all have that, that mission to help people and planet. So um, anything I can do to, uh, to spread the good word, uh, I do. So thank you so much for having me you on. You go, girl. Um, <laughs> so Ecorico TV is healthy food and lifestyle con sabor. Um, and you, when you say Ecorico, you have to say Ecorico, okay? Ecorico. Yeah, muy bien, muy bien, muy bien. Gracias. Uh, so we do healthy food and lifestyle programming. I'm all over the place. You can check us out at uh, youtube.com slash TV, on our website at eco-rico.com, and I have 700,000 followers on Google+. Plus. Um, so, yeah, I do a lot of, a lot of um, fabulous posting. I also do two live shows on Google+, Plus, Food Talk, which um, features the hottest, Food and drink celebs on Google Plus and YouTube, and also Mommy Talk, which is for mommies and bobbies. Uh, all right. Parenting and food, and you know, with all of the excitement and fun that I I, I try to bring to uh, to my edutainment. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you on board as a green diva um, in, among all the wonderful things you do. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing more more segments with you. So today's foodie file is about. Um, Chocolate, which is one of my favorite things. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, chocolate is one of my favorite things, too, particularly <laughs> dark chocolate, because uh, you always want to try and eat some dark chocolate. 70% cacao is the best uh, because it has a tremendous amount of health benefits. You know, chocolate has 
over 300 known chemical compounds that are good for you. Right. So not only is it antioxidant rich, but it has tryptophan, it, it gives you nice little happy feelings all day, and, um, you know, eaten in moderation, it can be part of a healthy diet, believe it or not, which is always, always makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Um, but one of the ugly facts around chocolate um, on the planet is the fact that um, there is child slave labor in chocolate and cacao production, particularly um, with the bigger companies that get their chocolate from sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, so uh, that is why I've been a big proponent of fair trade chocolate. Talk about it on my show, and am thrilled to talk about it here to educate our, you know, our audience about the importance of understanding what it is you're you're purchasing. Because as I like to say, it is a sick irony that the very chocolate that kids are handing out and eating on Halloween uh, is being farmed by those you know, children uh, in Africa um, who have been trafficked, who are slaves, who will never see their families again. So it's really important to understand this issue. Well, talk a bit about what fair trade is. I mean, you know, most of us know, but just in case someone's like, well, what exactly is fair trade? (laughs) Well, fair trade is an alternative approach to conventional trade, which is based on a partnership between producers, those who farm, and the consumers, those who eat. You right. Fair trade offers producers, the farmers, improved terms of trade, which means higher wages, credits, direct selling. So you cut out the middleman. And the producers, the farmers, in turn guarantee that they farm according to strict economic, social, and environmental criteria. So, um, uh, for instance, those criteria include um, environmentally sustainable farming and production, right. fair wage to the farmers of the chocolate, and of course, no forced or abusive child slave labor. Um, including uh, in fair trade certification is the fact that they uh, prohibit the use of genetically modified organisms, which is one of my absolute yeah biggest. Yeah. Um, and it limits the use of harmful agricultures in favor of environmentally sustainable farming. It is a win-win across the board. One of the really important things that happens with with fair trade communities is that the farmers um, democratically organize themselves into cooperatives and they receive guaranteed minimum prices, they receive um, additional premium prices for certified organic, um, and they then take those premiums and invest it into their communities. So in development projects like healthcare, new schools, water programs, training, organic certification programs in their local communities. It's really great for building communities in um, developing countries where, uh, you know, a lot of this chocolate is farmed. I mean, we're talking the Dominican Republic, one of my homelands. I'm Puerto Rican, but I'm also half Dominican. Okay. Um, in Ecuador and things like that. And there are incredibly wonderful companies that produce fabulous chocolates that I use in, in my um, wonderful recipes uh, and decadent and wonderful recipes. Uh uh, they always make my food experience that much better because I know yeah. that where it's coming from um, is really helping out. So you're using your dollars to benefit. Yeah, and uh, it's, I mean, there's nothing I mean, more unappetizing than thinking that you're enjoying a piece of chocolate while you know people are really suffering for that. Being exploited, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're we're talking about this is this is the child slave labor and cocoa production is. Uh, an issue that is decades, decades, decades long. And, uh, you know, 
what happens in our country, sadly, is bills will come up and they sound like they're going to be great. And then, of course, the lobbyists come into town and they kill them. So, uh, you know, the, the biggest yeah. cocoa producers have just not not done a good job of ensuring that um, that these this slave trade will change because they continue to buy it. Um, and well, so I hold them responsible. Well, I'm looking forward to your post on thegreendivas.com, um, and then I'm sure there'll be a video of you uh, talking there, about there this or are, doing a recipe. Yes, there are multiple videos um, uh, that uh, you will find. One Good. of them, of course, is Buy Fair Trade Chocolate, which gives you, in my very fun little way of, um, of talking about these issues, uh, uh, it gives you this type of information, and I use a drawing that my daughter drew, actually, when she was five or six. Um, yeah, that talks, you know, talks about happy workers versus sad workers. Oh, and, that's great. So it's yeah, great. You're so, helping educate, you know, through your daughter next, and other kids, the next generation. All right, we have to go because I think someone else is calling in. And um, I'm really looking forward to working with you and, and learning more from you. Thank you so much, Giselle. And everyone visit eco-rico.com. Great stuff on the Thank website. You, Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope you're hungry. For more easy and delicious recipes and even more foodie information, go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Green Divas get to talk to so many inspiring people, who each in their own way is helping us find a deeper shade of green. Here's just one of them. Enjoy. Well, I don't know about you people, but I have been really riveted by this Years of Living Dangerous series, and I'm very excited today to talk to one of the folks featured there, in um, or she will be um, in episode four. I think it's called the preacher's daughter, and I think we're talking to the preacher's daughter. <laughs> um, hi there, Anna Jane Joyner, right? Yep, that's right. And Anna Jane is an activist. She's doing her best down there in um, the Asheville, North Carolina area. She's the campaign coordinator for the Western North Carolina Alliance. Did I say that right? What did I miss? Yep, that's right. Okay, and she's also working on the um, Asheville Beyond Coal campaign. And um, how exciting is it to be part of this Years of Living Dangerously project, too? Oh, it's just been a dream of a project to work on. <laughs> I think um, I, you know, I didn't really kind of realize the scale and how, you know, how really epic. It, it it was going to be um, until a couple months into filming, and then looking huh. back, you know, it's just I couldn't have imagined a more exciting and um, you know visionary project to work on to really highlight climate change. It's such a powerful, powerful series, but I have to just say out loud, let's get it over with because we are green divas after all. That you got to meet Ian Summerhalder, correct? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only know him really because it's not—it's not necessarily my age group. But my daughters have watched, I guess, the, the vampire show that he's on, Vampire Diaries. Yep. And he's—he's uh, he's a dreamy boy. And and how cool is it that he's 
helping get the word out, especially to all these young folks that really listen to him. Um, it was funny. I looked at the clip before we talked uh, of him talking at a rally. <laughs> and you were, whoever introduced him, I don't know if it was you. Um, I I thought it was you and, and whoever you were, you were like, okay, if you can quiet down enough so you can hear him. (laughs) Cause it was a little overwhelming. I've never been so uh, afraid of a 13 year old girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) in packs like that, I suppose they can be scary. Oh yeah. It was, it was amazing. I I understand why he needs bodyguards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot to maneuver through. But I love that the series is um, teaming up with folks like you that are on the front lines, really, uh, experiencing every day uh, the challenges of getting the word out there and, and making a difference and doing things like limiting coal output by, you know, shutting down plants that, you know, we have to find alternatives. Yeah, it's, I, I, I really loved their approach. You know, they, they kind of went all out on the production side and the cinematography uh. and the, um, use kind of a lot of the uh, elements of storytelling that Hollywood used to, uses to tell big stories, but they told real stories of real people, and that's um, so innovative and exciting, and I was just honored to be chosen uh, to be one of them. So I think it's, you know, it's uh, an amazing story. You know, the Asheville Beyond Coal campaign, the Beyond Coal campaign in, in general, is a, it's one of the few very hopeful climate stories we have. You know, we yeah been successful at retiring uh, over 150 coal plants and um you know so i i feel like we haven't won the one here in Asheville yet but we're working really hard we're working with churches and clergy and all kinds of young people and really we have a huge community network and support here in Asheville and i think we are going to win this one so well it's fun that they got to capture some of our our campaign and movement now here's here's a spoiler alert question um are, were you able to get your dad involved, your father, who is uh, indeed a, a preacher? <laughs> he is a preacher. I mean, he was um, he was great. He, you know, we worked on this project for a year, and we did uh, quite a few shoots. And he uh, he was open, and he uh, was you know engaged and participatory. And uh, him and Ian actually ended up really bonding, which was fun <laughs> to see. Um, and I'm not, I can't really say where he, he lands because that's part of our story. Right. We'll have right. to wait till May 4th, but I will say, oh, okay. um, you know, that's, it's difficult. There's, there's a lot of really ingrained ideological stuff going on and it's hard to, to kind of, it's hard to fight that. So it was, it was much more nuanced than I was expecting going into it. <laughs> Wow, I am really looking forward to I look forward to every episode, and you're right. They are like the, the production value was so good, and the story is so compelling that I was literally crying uh, watching this this particular recent episode, episode two with Harrison Ford and the baby orangutan. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, you know, and like wh- – what are we doing? And I was like cheering him on when he was in there, like you know, talking to the uh, the forest. He was talking to the Indonesian forest, whatever guy, and he was really giving him a hard time. And I was like, "Yeah, you tell him, Harrison." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No- it's just it's so exciting to me, having worked in the activism kind of world for seven years now. I think my seven year anniversary is coming up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> May. And, you know, just to, you know, we work so hard on these issues, and a lot of the time it, it does feel kind of 
you feel kind of isolated and like you're fighting this big uphill battle and you know there's so many problems in the world how do you get people to prioritize climate change or prioritize um, you know environmental destruction and to see these big time Hollywood actors and producers um, who have a huge platform really come on board and use their voice and yeah. their platform and their networks to highlight these issues is I mean it's I don't think I could have thought of a greater gift to our movement and um, and they're you know they are citizens too you yep. know they're passionate human beings and they're um, they they get it I mean they want to make a difference and I'm I'm so excited to be working working with them well you know climate change and 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 the environment and its condition affects all of us it really doesn't matter whether you're living in a mansion in Hollywood or you know a cool little bungalow in um, you know Florida it really doesn't matter. Absolutely, yeah, and I think that is, you know, that is the story that the Years of Living Dangerously tells. You know, it's not, uh, it's not distant. It's not um, going to happen in some faraway future. You know, we're seeing climate impacts now, and we're going to increasingly in our lifetime see them. And you know, of course, our children's lifetime is going to be, you know, far more severe, especially if we don't do anything to curb um, catastrophic climate change. So. You know, I think that I, I love that James Cameron just comes out and says it. You know, this is the biggest story of our time. This is it, and we have to start telling it. We have to start talking about it, and we have to start um, seeking meaningful solutions to this problem. And so I think it's very, very encouraging. Wow, and you're so beautifully articulate. Like, I, I really couldn't have said it any better. So yeah, I, I, for one, thank you for being on the front lines and doing what you do every day. And like you said, sometimes it's – hard to see the results and that that butterfly effect but i really believe if in, in my heart if we each do what we're good at and what we're passionate about then in the end we all connect and it all makes a difference and absolutely uh, i think there's um you know there's a million different ways that people can get involved and make a difference but i think the important part is that we're we're all in and we're all working towards towards a solution well i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the episode and then hopefully we'll catch up with you down the line to see how things are progressing for you down in uh, Asheville. Yeah, that would be great. I would love that. Thanks so much for taking the time and for all that you do. Thank you, Anna Jane. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay, so we had already spoken with um, Anna Jane Joyner, who participated in the Years of Living Dangerously episode for The Preacher's Daughter. She is The Preacher's Daughter. And um, also in that episode, um, Mary Ann Hitt is featured. Mary Ann is the director of the Sierra Club's Beyond Coal campaign, and we're really excited to have Mary Ann on with us now. Hi, Mary Ann. Hello, it is a pleasure to be here. Well, I am really looking forward to this episode. As of now, of course, people may hear this after um, it's on, but as of now, the episode is not out. So, you know, I'm because I, I asked Anna Jane, I'm like, spoiler alert, can you tell me, does your dad come around? <laughs> uh, she said, no, I can't tell you. So, oh, well, good try. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, you got to try. Um, and I did get to see the trailer, which involved Ian Summerhalder doing a, a talk to some folks at a rally. 
and uh, it was cute watching Anna Jane try to get the the girls to stop screaming so he could talk. <laughs> well, it was a it was a rally uh, where we're trying to retire the biggest source of climate pollution in Western North Carolina, which is the Asheville coal plant. And you know, Asheville is a very progressive place that prides itself on being green and sustainable. And so, yeah, uh, Ian came to town to help us help us promote that cause, which Anna Jane has been a big part of. Well, it's a great cause, and so why don't we back up a little bit and just not assume that everybody understands why coal is not so great for our environment. Do you want to give us like a 101 on that? Sure. Um, I started working on uh, coal issues because I have lived most of my life in Appalachia and learned about a type of mining called mountaintop removal, where oh. they actually blow up entire mountains to get the coal out of them instead of uh, using coal miners going under the ground. Uh, and so that was my first insight into the pollution caused by coal. And as I got more involved, I learned that coal-fired uh, coal power plants are the single biggest source of carbon pollution in this country, which is the pollution that's pushing our climate to the brink. Right. They're also our biggest source of uh, water, toxic water pollution, um, oh. and of uh, a lot of our dangerous air pollution that makes people suffer heart attacks and asthma attacks. So from the mining to the burning to the disposal of the waste after you burn it, there's a huge amount of pollution caused by coal, and fortunately there are a growing number of competitive clean energy sources that we are trying to move the country towards in- instead, like wind and solar. Yeah, and so what do you say to folks that are like, oh, you can't possibly run you know, the country on alternative energy. There's not enough. Well, we can point to places like um, Iowa and South Dakota. They're getting now almost 30% of their electricity uh, from wind power alone, and we really just scratched the surface as a country. I think people do think – I think people have some kind of outdated ideas about uh, clean energy being uh, either not reliable or expensive, and we are are living in the 21st century where actually wind and solar are cheaper than coal and even cheaper than natural gas uh, in terms of electricity prices in a lot of places, and they are really becoming very widespread and and sophisticated. So we're actually in the clean energy era now, and uh, and more and more people, I think, are starting to realize not only the environmental benefits of that, but also the economic benefits. Well, that is exciting. And, uh, of course, you and I know that, but there's still folks out there that obviously – well, and there's coal companies. I mean – and we keep reporting about coal companies. I guess Duke Energy is, if I can say it out loud, you know, um, keeps having a mess. They keep having coal ash slush in, in the water supply. Indeed. They had a big spill of coal ash, which is this toxic substance that's left behind after you burn coal in a power plant. It has pollutants in it like mercury and arsenic and lead that are Good stuff. very bad for your health. And right. one place where they were storing it spilled into into the Dan River and, and polluted over 70 miles of that river. And we are actually at the Sierra Club working to retire coal plants because there's so much pollution associated with them. We've got one out of every three coal plants in the country now announced for retirement, and that's the, that's the real kind of success that we, we hang our hat in and wow. pointing people towards the progress that we can make in moving away from dirty energy sources and replacing them with, with clean energy like wind and solar. So it can be done. So what you all have been doing is just a a really great example of of making stuff happen because that's what it takes. One of the really exciting and inspiring things about the Beyond Coal campaign is that it's regular people like Anna Jane, like the folks in Asheville, 
uh, working plant by plant, state by state, town by town, and winning these very big victories that are actually moving the needle on climate change at a scale that actually matters. Yep. Our carbon emissions in this country are at their lowest levels in two decades because of the work done by regular folks around the country to get one out of every three coal plants announced for retirement. So it is a, definitely a story of optimism and hope and winning. And I think in the years of Living Dangerously series, we're really excited to be featured because, you know, you can watch that series and perhaps get a little overwhelmed about the challenge <laughs> of tackling climate change. And yeah. what we want to bring to the story is there actually is something that regular people can do about it that's in addition to changing your light bulb or riding a bike, it's really on a scale that's going to move the needle. Yeah, I was going to segue over to, to mentioning Years of Living Dangerously because that's, of course, how we found you. Um, and, and it is. Like the first episode, it's beautiful. Oh, my God. The, the, the production quality is just beautiful. It's so beautifully put together. But it is, like, terrifying. The, the end of the first one, you're like, oh, my God, we're doomed. <laughs> And then the second one, there's eh, still a little doom going on. And, and in fact, I am, it's so compelling and so well put together as a story uh, with storylines. I was literally crying with the little orangutan with, um, you know, Harrison Ford. And then, of course, I was cheering Harrison on when he was, like, yelling at the Indonesian forest director guy. I was like, yeah, you tell him, Harrison. <laughs> um, and I'm, so I'm looking forward to, because it was in my mind, like they must be setting up the problem, you know, like any storyteller, I'm a writer, so I know you got to set up the, the problem, the conflict, and then you hopefully provide <laughs> resolution and solution. Um, so it sounds like your episode has some hope in there, a lot of hope in there, in fact. That is definitely what I tried to bring to the project is that the solution and the hope and the path forward and really, again, the optimism that this is not this is not something that we wish we could do. And this is something that we are doing. And I am really grateful for the opportunity to tell that story on such a big stage. I think one of the things that we have been lacking in the fight to tackle climate change uh, is really great storytellers. You know, yeah. We've got lots of great scientists and lawyers and organizers, but yeah. now we have some of the best storytellers in the business yep. who are telling the story and to have the Beyond Coal campaign as part of the solution and the ray of hope and the path forward is really quite a privilege and something that I think is um, hopefully going to resonate with lots of the viewers who maybe like you have seen this and thought, oh my gosh, okay, I get it. This is serious. This is bad. We've got to do something. What is it going to be? And hopefully we'll, we'll offer an important piece of that solution. Oh, I, I think you do. And I think it's really, really exciting. I mean, because I tend to take for granted that I know about folks like you and I know what's going on and, and I forget that there's there are millions of people in this country that still really don't understand this stuff. So this platform, like you said, is, is huge and, and very important and to bring in the talent and the, the draws. I mean, let's, let's be honest. You know, Harrison Ford, you know, Ian Summerhalder, all these fantastic Don Cheadle um, – they draw. They draw attention, and they get people. They get eyeballs to watch, and whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. Indeed, and they also are genuinely yes very committed to the cause of doing something about climate change. Well, that I do. I do believe. Yeah. They have, yeah, and they understand that they have. Uh, they have a big megaphone, and they are using it to again be part of telling this amazing story and pointing people in the direction of solutions. And that's 
I think that's one of the things that's really going to make this project stand out from all the other great work that's been done over the years on, on climate change in the you know, film and television industry. I really think this is a game changer. I, I feel like it is, and I'm, I'm really happy for you and the work you're doing to get, to get out there even more. And um, I, I hope that we'll be able to catch up with you down the road and get a kind of an update on, on how many more plants you've retired and uh, all the other great work you're doing. So keep up the good fight. Thank you so much. And um, I look forward to seeing the episode. So do I. It's May 4th, Preacher's Daughter episode, and uh, it's going to be very exciting. Anna Jane and Ian and I are, are all very proud to be part of the project, and I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing our story with the world. Thanks so much, Marianne. Oh, it was really a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed that as much as they did. Please visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. For more fun podcasts and information on the Green Divas and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. You've been listening to the Green Divas radio show. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Swell Radio, and Spreaker. Get social with the Green Divas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Subscribe to the Green Divas YouTube channel to watch them in action. And for all the latest good green news, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. 